Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. Powerful, inspiring, and coming to you live, bringing you stories of people like you and me, busting through and living life full out. Get ready to dare to wonder what your life would be like if you knew you could not fail. Welcome, everyone. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. This is Talk Radio to Thrive By. And I'm your host, Dr. Pat Basile, joined by my sidekick over here, Valerie, who has done such a phenomenal job picking up all the phones and making things happen here. What a great show we've got planned for you. I could not believe when I found out that I would be talking to Michael Usland, who's joining us here today on the show. And you're going to find out exactly who this gentleman is that I would be able to talk with someone that is legendary, legendary in a way that I so relate to. I spent most of my young years, uh, even before preteen, looking at comic books, one of my favorite comic book characters, Batman, and drawing pictures, sketching. I should have been paying attention in school, but I was not. Uh, And I'm going to be talking with someone that is joining us here today, the legendary producer, Batman movie reaches 20th anniversary. I've never missed a single one, and he's joining us here today. He's got more awards than I have time in this short segment to tell you about, but Oscars, Emmys, multiple projects. Uh, He is, as some people say, the godfather of modern comic book movie, and he is Currently, he has currently got some very interesting projects underway. How the heck do you create a life like that, boy? I don't know why, with all the drawing I used to be doing, wonder why I ended up on radio. Michael, thank you for joining us here today. Hey, welcome to the show. Thanks so much, Dr. Pat. It's great to be here. Don't you have, like, the funnest job in the world? You know, I recently lectured at Georgetown University, and during Q&A, a young lady said to me, well, what exactly is your job? And I said, I get to report to a sandbox every day and play with my favorite toys. That's what I do. That's really cool. <laughs> Batman, oh my goodness. What was your immediate draw to Batman? That's what I've been curious to ask you about, because I, I couldn't explain my, you know, my attraction. Well, I would have to go back to when I was eight years old. Me too. Uh, And I became the boy who loved Batman, much more so than Superman or Spider-Man or the Hulk. Right. Because he had no superpowers. Um, I could Mm. identify with him. His greatest superpower really is his humanity. And when I was eight, in my heart of hearts, I believe that if I studied real hard and if I worked out real hard and if my dad bought me a cool car, I could be this guy. And he also had the greatest villains in the history of comics. And that's one of the things that keep comic book superheroes going, the best villains. And that was it for me. I was hooked. It's really interesting because, you know, a lot of us get hooked on things. But you not only get hooked, but then you take action. And you actually stepped out uh, as executive producer uh, and really went out there and said, I need to grab the movie rights to Batman. How did that come about? Well, if, if I had to take you through the whole journey, <laughs> I would stop off next seventh grade when the Batman TV show came on the air. Oh, Adam West? Yeah. yeah. I was simultaneously thrilled and horrified by what I was seeing. Right. Because, hey, all right, Batman was coming to TV, and it was in color, and the car was cool, and someone was spending a lot of money on the sets. 
but I was horrified because I knew the world was laughing at Batman. Mm-hmm. And it was right about then I decided someday I'm going to bring back the dark and serious Batman the way he was originally created in 1939. And I'm going to attempt to erase from the world culture consciousness three little words, pow, zap, and wham. And finally, um, in college, I started teaching the world's first accredited college course on comic books. And that was at Indiana University, and it got all sorts of international attention. I had TV cameras and reporters in really every class I taught. And from there, I was doing, invited onto radio and TV talk shows. And that brought me to the attention of Stan Lee, head of Marvel Comics in New York, and the heads of DC Comics also in New York. And lo and behold, I get offered a job going to work for D.C. It was like a dream come true for a comic book geek like me. And uh, that led to my ultimately writing Batman comic books when I was still in college. Mm. So this kind of dream I had since I was eight years old came true. And then I said, well, I need a new dream. And it was at that moment I said, okay, now's the time. I've got to try to bring a dark and serious Batman to the silver screen. Mm-hmm. And when I went to the president of D.C. Comics, he tried to talk me out of it. He says, Michael, please save your money. Come on, he said, uh, since Batman went off the air on TV, it's been as dead as a dodo. Nobody cares about Batman anymore. And I said, yeah, but if we do a dark and serious version like no one's ever seen, it'll be a whole new thing, a whole new kind of movie. And finally, on October 3rd, 1979, my partner, Ben Melnicker, and I acquired the rights to Batman. Nobody else wanted them. Yeah, and boy, looking back... Uh, at that decision, it's kind of like the the publishers that turned down, uh, you know, J.K. Rowling and the Harry Potter people. Uh, you know, it's really kind of interesting when we think about this because, you know, I'm so glad that you went after that because there's such a deep aspect to the character of what we're calling the, you know, the dark side of Batman. But right. there's such a vulnerability. There really is. And if you look at that origin story, it is so primal. And the fact that he never uses a gun, there are certain aspects of Batman and his humanity that make him appeal to a worldwide audience. It doesn't matter what the culture or the border is. And it's just a great story that people can relate to. So the celebration this year uh, is, you know, this Batman movie reaches 20th anniversary. What a fun, fun thing. I wanted to ask you, what has been your greatest challenges in producing? And I don't know if you'll share this, but is there a favorite? Well, I would say the greatest challenge was in trying to get that first revolutionary picture. There had never been a dark, serious movie like this before. And I was immediately turned down by every single studio in Hollywood. Mm. And, and that's really an understatement. I was told I was nuts and that it was the worst idea they ever heard. And it took us 10 years, I'm literally tightening the belt to the last notch to try to hold on by our fingertips. And it really challenges you. You've got to look deep inside yourself and say, Am I really, do I really believe this? Do I really believe in myself and in this work? And uh, ultimately, to be able to stand, still be standing at the end of the day and say it was all worth it mm-hmm. was, a, was a great thing. But it was that process. While we celebrate the 20th anniversary of the first film, I'm really celebrating the 30th anniversary of our getting the rights and going after it. Exactly. Boy, it's so important right now for all of us, Michael, to be reminded to not, let, not to let go of our dream. You, you can't. If you can take what you're passionate about in life and make it into your work, and then if you have a high threshold for frustration because... I'll guarantee anyone out there, doors will slam in your face. And the only way we got this movie made was by dusting ourselves off, picking ourselves up, knocking on doors again and again until our knuckles were bleeding. Mm-hmm. 
you know, one of the things that I wanted to ask you about, and this is what I have found with all of the Batman movies, really, um, the casting has been exquisite. I cannot think of a single one of the movies, uh, the Batman movies, where I, even when Batman changed characters, where I thought, wow, these people are just awesome together. How the heck did that happen, especially with The Dark Knight? Well, it's really important to give credit where credit is due. And the success of Batman Begins and The Dark Knight belongs exclusively to the genius Christopher Nolan. Mm. Um, This man is a genius in every way, shape, or form. He understands the material. He's passionate about the material. He has a vision. He knows how to uh, to execute his vision. And his unusual casting, uh, casting in a way that maybe many people would not even think of, uh, and from Christian Bale as the definitive Bruce Wayne, no matter Mm. what generation you grew up watching Batman or reading the comic books, this man's the consummate Bruce Wayne. Mm-hmm. And Michael Caine as Alfred. Gary Oldman, that chameleon actor, mm. wow. uh, as, as Commissioner Gordon. And to try to do what, what Christopher Nolan wanted to do, a, a Batman that felt real, that people could believe this man could really exist, could be here today, in a city like Gotham City that could be here today. And he had to sell everyone on the technology that that, too, was real. And how else do you do that but hire Morgan Freeman to tell everyone it's real? Because anything he says has got to be true. That's right. So I I think, uh, you know, and what he did with the Joker, um, that performance is the Mm. performance of a lifetime uh, that had everyone staggered by uh, what they saw in the film. Oh, there's no question about it. You know, for you, this sandbox keeps growing. There have been other films that you have done. And I have to tell you, I believe I've seen just about every one of your films. (laughs) Thank you. Let's remind our listeners what some of them are. Well, we did, in addition to the Batman films and and a a very great animated Batman, we had released theatrically called Mask of the Phantasm. that had a wonderful, wonderful story to it. Mm -hmm. Uh, Constantine. Yes. which is a movie written on three levels, and you really have to concentrate because it's all there, uh, and you just have to absorb what's going on in that movie. Uh, I was involved in National Treasure, um, uh, The Spirit, way back in the early days, Swamp Thing, everyone's favorite walking, talking spinach souffle. I love uh, Swamp Thing. <laughs> I have to tell you, I'm sorry. I love Swamp Thing. He makes your heart sing. (laughs) (laughs) He makes everything groovy. (laughs) Swamp Thing. (laughs) Uh, And then on TV, we brought Carmen Sandiego to TV and won the Emmy Award for that. It had Mm -hmm. a great five-year run, and it was educational, but it was so entertaining, the kids didn't even realize they were learning in the process. Mm. So maybe one of my other things that I loved, I have a passion for history, and for PBS American Playhouse, we did a great miniseries with Vanessa Redgrave and Patrick McGowan, Call Three Sovereigns for Sarah. It was the true story, 100% historically accurate tale of the Salem Witch Trials of 1692. Oh, my gosh. You truly do live in a sandbox. Let's <laughs> take a short break. We'll be right back with the Dr. Pat Show. And believe me, there's a Batman in every one of us. We'll be right back. Do you feel overwhelmed by fear and anxiety? Do worry, stress, and insecurity keep you stuck? Join Dr. Schaub's Breakthrough Fear and Anxiety Workshop, October 17th and 18th in Seattle. Release stored emotions from your cellular memory and access your true potential. Imagine what it would be like to break through these blocks and live truly self-empowered. Visit CellularWisdom.com for a special offer or call 866-907-MIND. Are you ready for balance and wellness? 
Daisy Thompson at Northwest Healing Studio is a nationally known energy intuitive and Reiki master. By repatterning your energy structure, Daisy can help you make the changes you need to start attracting the life you want to experience. If you live with depression, anxiety, illness, pain, or stress, call Daisy at 206-550-8469 and begin to realize your true path in life. Visit NorthwestHealingStudio.com. Man, you know, Benny, I want to get my life back and walk without pain. And I heard about a shoe that's a natural solution for heel and back pain. Well, you know, Susan, it's actually called Z-Coil Pain Relief Footwear. It's a shock absorber in the heel that cushions the pounding in your step, and it provides less impact, which means less pain. You mean I can walk with my kids again without that nagging heel pain? You sure can. Give Z-Coil Footwear a try. Call 206-838-7338. Or you can even try out their website, your2feet.com. Are you tired of waking with aches and pains? Sick of taking one prescription drug after another? Would you like to take complete charge of your health? At Vitality Chiropractic, Dr. Bonnie Verhunt specializes in all-natural treatments for everything from arthritis to chronic fatigue. For information on how chiropractic can change your life, visit vitalitychiropractic.com. Or call 206-824-5521. And be sure to listen to Dr. Bonnie Verhunt on The Dr. Pat Show. This is Cheryl Manchester from Positive Changes Hypnosis. And I am here with Becky Miller from Kent, who is another successful client of Positive Changes. Are you tired of the diet roller coaster? Tired of losing the weight only to gain it back again when you stop dieting? Well, Becky decided to quit dieting and make a lasting lifestyle change with the help of Positive Changes Hypnosis. Becky... Tell us how much weight you lost. I've lost 65 pounds. Tell us how Positive Changes is different than a diet. I used to be out of control with my eating. Positive Changes put me back in control. I didn't really give up anything, but I just made better choices. I had no deprivation. If I really wanted something, I had a couple bites and then really didn't want the rest of it. Make a lasting change in your life. Call Positive Changes in Bellevue at 888-311-7157 to schedule a free consultation. That number again is 888-311-7157. All right, everyone. Welcome back to the Dr. Pat Show. This is Talk Radio to Thrive by uh, Michael Uslan joining us here today. Batman movie reaches 20th anniversary. anniversary legendary producer. We're talking Backman. We're talking Archie. We're talking a number of different things. We're talking with Michael, who actually is living his dream. He never looked back and he never gave up. Boy, those are messages that translate right now. Michael, thank you so much for joining the show today. Thanks for thank you uh, so much. Yeah, thanks for you know being part of this. I wanted to ask you a couple of, of questions and, and, and then I want to talk about what you've got sort of in the pipeline. Do you believe that, you know, the Batman, you know, legend, so to speak, especially with the direction that it has taken over time, do you believe that there is something about Batman that fits very well or not so well with our pop culture? Oh, I really do. It is such an iconic character. Um, In May, Batman celebrated his 70th anniversary in the comics. Mm. And there's very few characters who have made it that far. And I think if, if you try to analyze it, part of it becomes, um, number one, is that he does not use a gun. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. He does. He doesn't go out to kill. Number two is, of course, as we've talked about, he is human. He does not have superpowers, and uh, as I say, his greatest superpower is his humanity. Number three, he has one of the most primal, shocking origin stories that resonates around the world. People from all cultures could really relate to it. He has the greatest supervillains in history. Oh. And any great superhero must have great supervillains if they are to survive in the long run. And also, Batman, even though he was an orphan, Bruce Wayne was an orphan, and Robin comes into his life, Dick Grayson, who is an orphan. But he and Robin and Alfred and eventually Batwoman and Batgirl, they had a family. And when we were kids reading these comic books, there was a sense of family to it that I think we could all identify, even if we were outsiders, insiders, uh, wanted to have this kind of family unit or maybe had it, uh, it was something that I think could appeal to every comic book reader. Mm. Have you ever received in the movies, and this is something I was always curious about, have you ever received feedback from the viewers about either, uh, well, basically, let's get to the romance part of this. (laughs) (laughs) It is so amazing how Batman, regardless of what movie it was, always gets lined up with the most perfect person, yet in the end, well, we know the end. But, I mean, how does that fit into the story? Because I think people are still talking about uh, Michelle Pfeiffer and, you know, her role and so many of the other characters that have been in the movie. That's an intricate part as well. It really is, and it's one of the interesting aspects of the entire career of Batman over the decades. As any true Bat fan knows, Batman has a bit of a thing for bad girls. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, his relationships with uh, women who are solid citizens don't seem to last all that long. But it's people like Catwoman and uh, Talia, the daughter of Rajal Ghul, the villain, mm-hmm. and um, uh, Poison Ivy. There, there, oh, there are right. so many interesting, interesting women who sometimes are good and a lot of times are bad. And that seems to be the biggest attraction for the Dark Knight. Mm. I can't wait to see what you have planned. Let's talk about the future, because you've got a bunch of projects on the horizon here. And I would love to hear firsthand from you what's hot for you. Well, on the movie side, um, continuing to want to play with the characters that I loved as a kid. And growing up around New York City, I actually had a chance as a kid to meet most of the creators when they were all still alive and kicking. Mm-hmm. And uh, as a result, I feel a personal obligation, a responsibility with many of these projects and these characters to um, try as hard as I can to see that they're done well. And upcoming, we have The Shadow mm. that uh, I'm doing with uh, Sam Raimi, who directed the Spider-Man movies, and Josh Donnan. We're doing that over at Sony. I'm very excited about that. I knew Walter Gibson, the creative force behind The Shadow. Then we're doing Shazam, Captain Marvel, at Warner's with uh, Pete Siegel and Michael Ewing. Mm. And again, I knew the artist who created Captain Marvel, and I knew very well the writer who wrote most of his adventures during the 40s and 50s. And and these are just, again, projects of passion for me. Uh, On the writing side, I had a chance recently to write a hardback Batman graphic novel called Batman Detective Number 27, which I had a great time doing. And now I'm going to try to shake the entire world up tomorrow 
August 19th, because at comic book shops everywhere, Archie number 600, a landmark issue, will appear, and it's part one of a six-part story where Archie gets married. Oh, no! <laughs> the world will never be the same again. <laughs> That's like Batman getting married. Uh, well, it's taken Archie just over 68 years to pop the question. Yeah, and I noticed he's, like, been working out a little bit, too. <laughs> <laughs> wow. What is the thinking behind that, if you don't mind? Well, I always wanted to write an Archie comic. Mm -hmm. And it's one of the things that's been on my bucket list that I needed to scratch off. So mm -hmm. I went to see the heads of Archie Comics. I said, I'd like to write a special Archie story. They said, great, what would you like to do? I said, Archie gets married. And they said, no, seriously, what would you like to do? I said, yeah, Archie gets married. And he said, you can't do that. I said, how come? And nobody could answer me. So we sat down and we creatively worked through it, hashed it out. And it all starts tomorrow at comic book shops at September 1st in bookstores and newsstands. And Archie's going to pop the question to Veronica. <laughs> of course. Now, the Today Show did an online poll, and they had about 30,000 people respond over a few days. And it was about 80-20 in favor of Veronica. Uh, excuse me, in favor of Betty. Yeah, right. Uh, the girl next door. Right. And uh, although Jughead placed a surprisingly strong third. Um, <laughs> but um, it, it's going to be a fascinating roller coaster ride over these six issues. A lot of surprises, a lot of fun. Um, but we're also going to deal with some real relationship issues. Mm. And we're going to learn what about Betty? Mm. And uh, maybe someone like Betty, who's been everyone's best friend. Yes. who, you know, tries to do everything nice for everybody and then gets overlooked with the first exotic girl who walks by, maybe Betty needs to look at her own self-esteem issues and self-confidence, and maybe she deserves someone better than Archie. That is such fascination. And, boy, you could be writing the script for a reality show. Oh, wow. This. I went back to my high school reunion. I came away with lots of material. <laughs> <laughs> when you talk about Moose and Jughead and Reggie, you look back at people who actually peaked in high school and then other people who just began to evolve once they got out of high school. And I try to incorporate that in the storylines, too. It's really interesting. I graduated Plainfield High School in Jersey. And, uh, you know, for me, going back, I, I, I was one of these least likely to ever succeed at anything people. <laughs> <laughs> some folks some folks were were wondering how they, they thought I didn't even graduate high school. So it's kind of fascinating. What else do you have planned to really kind of bring the big dream together, Michael? Well, there's two things I've been doing. One is I've been doing a lot of lecturing on college campuses. Um, since Dark Knight opened, I've been out talking at 30 major universities, letting the kids know that I was a kid who didn't know anyone in Hollywood and couldn't buy my way in and how I was able to take my passion in life and turn it into a dream come true. And if I could do it, there's no reason they can't do the same thing. Yep. The other thing I'm doing is we're starting a brand-new company called the Useland Company, and we are going to be here to guide young filmmakers and struggling filmmakers through the process, and it's an arduous, long process of trying to get films made, where they may be running into problems creatively on script or trying to get the rights to a book or a game or something, where they might have trouble in the marketing and publicity and distribution side. And I am calling on a lot of my colleagues over the last uh, 35 years 
and we are going to be there to try to help guide them through and help see if we can help them get their projects to fruition. I love this. What's the best way people can sort of connect with you on the Internet? Is there a website folks can go to? We are just building our website now. We are a week or two away from having it in place, and I'm going to use that as the uh, come online to get you to invite me back in the future. So uh, when we're all set up, we can tell everyone all about it. I would love to have you come back and talk about it, because I don't know if you know much about this show, the Dr. Pat Show. It's all about dreams. It's all about stepping out and, you know, knowing that you have the I can ability. Um, And my listeners know that I got here dialing a wrong phone number. So, you know, for the most part, what you're doing to inspire people right now is so important. And to give folks with talent a chance, don't you think? I think absolutely. And uh, the best way I sum it up, and I try to use this when I'm talking to uh, students, is that my life has really been inspired by a poem by Robert Frost called The Road Not Taken. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I would pass this along to you and your listeners as well, uh, maybe from one Jersey boy to one Jersey girl here. Yep. okay. Uh, two roads diverged in a wood, and I, I chose the one less traveled by, and that has made all the difference. I want to thank you, Michael Uslan, for joining us here today, and I will absolutely love to have you back, and we'll be able to share lots and lots and lots. But in the meantime... I'm all over Archie. (laughs) (laughs) Let me know what you think. I will let you know. And we can't wait to hear what is lurking in the darkness next that all of us can tap into. Thank you, Michael, for joining us today. Thanks, Dr. Pat. What a great, great conversation. And for those of you that want to stay on the edge of your seat and find out when we're going to get Michael back, just sign up for our newsletter, www.thedrpatshow.com or simply drpatlive.com. We'll be right back. Betty's here, Veronica too. 